Future Hacker Life Path Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we are talking to Valentino Mengale. Valentino is a tech entrepreneur focused on digital health and mental well being, TEDx speaker and writer. He's a biologist, PhD in neuropharmacology with international academic research experience in pharmacology, organic chemistry, and molecular biology in the fields of oncology and neuronal metabolism. Since 2017, he's the CEO and co-founder of Softcore Studios, a digital health startup specialized in developing virtual reality solutions for stress management and therapy education in patients undergoing medical treatments. He's also a regular contributor to online magazines on the topics of emerging tech, healthcare, and startup ecosystems. Hi, Valentino. It's so great to have you with us today. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, Maria. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you here, virtually and online. <laughs> It's really great. And you know, we have so many interesting topics to, to cover today. I'm really amazed by you know how immersive technology is going to be able to do very important advancements in the health sector, right? So I'd love to begin, you know, first as usual with your journey. You have this very interesting background of being an academic researcher, an entrepreneur, and you are working with tech innovation and startups. So you know, could we begin by that? Sure, of course. So yes. As you can see, I evolved my professional skills, my professional presence and activity, starting in the traditional wet lab. So working as a scientist, testing and developing new drugs. So I started as a biologist and my focus has always been brain. So I was very interested in, obviously, from the biology, molecular, molecular biology, how the brain works and how we are able to influence and impact its activity, its metabolism, and obviously our well-being and healthcare conditions. Because obviously healthcare is something complex, depending from our body, from our mind, from our brain activity, and so on. Some years ago, in 2016, during my PhD, I was always curious about technology. I was always interested in how technology interacts and collides with basic research and science. And I started to discover and explore how we can provide meaningful impact on brain activity and healthcare and well-being bypassing the use of traditional drugs. So are we able to provide new tools for healthcare, starting with BITS? and software, so with digital means. So I started to explore, I started to tinker, I started to expand my network beyond my lab, meeting people, especially in Italy in that period, that were very curious about new technologies, uh, you know, open source movements, electronics, 3D printings, and so on. And I get in touch with the first communities It was the golden age of makers and fab labs and, and all the tinkers around the world. I started to get in touch with a community which was the Open Biomedical Initiative. It was a very early stage of that community. There were just two, three founders, and they were looking for more people interested to expand that idea. I was uh, intrigued because during the day, I was the scientist with white coat, 
And by night and afternoon, I was just curious to talk with people and exchange all the insights about how new technologies can provide impact. So we decided to start it, to expand it, and to present this project. I, I became one of the co-founders of this, this organization. We envisioned the possibility to create a delocalized community of people, of volunteers around the world, interested to build, we can say, biomedical, especially assistive technology, able to support people with disabilities. So how to use technology? Something so fun, so overwhelming, so ubiquitous, to make some meaningful impact in the, in the life of people around the world. So we, we started this Open Biomedical Initiative. We went to maker fairs. We created projects online with people from South America to China to Europe to North America. There were people building things online. And thanks to 3D printing, it was amazing to, to see how this project, these ideas became reality. Something that you can really touch thanks to 3D printers everywhere. That was great. That was a school to understand how to create a community, how to create an idea and how to convert an idea into a real thing. And with a lot of people inside of this, this movement, we decided to go further. We decided to create something which was able to be economically, financially sustainable. Because, you know, the limit of the maker movement sometimes was that, was money, was resources. It was great to tinker with the Arduino, with any kind of devices, but how to make it sustainable? If you want to improve your idea, it should be sustainable. So we just started, it, there were biomedical engineers, software developers, game designers, electronic, electronic engineers, and so on. So we started to thinker and explore, hey, how can we use digital technologies to help people, especially in the hospital setting? especially hospitalized people that were just experiencing stressful conditions in very limiting and isolating settings. So there were some people inside of the team that already worked with virtual reality, with immersive technology. Some people already developed gaming, gaming experiences. Some of them already developed immersive experiences. So we joined all the dots. We connected all the dots. I were coming from neuropharmacology, so about, yes, drugs and brain. Let's just remove the term drugs and let's add something digital. Maybe digital drugs, maybe not. Maybe digital experiences to do something better for people, maybe, yes. So we started to explore this idea, using virtual reality to improve people's life in the hospital. And that obviously was not totally new idea because virtual reality today, we are in the hype of the metaverse, but virtual reality is not new. It's a technology that has been created really in the 60s from the technical point of view, even before. And during the 90s, the first virtual reality application in healthcare emerged, especially as a pain management tool. But obviously we were living in the 2015 and 2016 in the era of the new wave of virtual reality. In 2012, Palmer Lackey and Oculus released a new device, which was shockingly easy to use and affordable because in the 90s, a virtual reality headset costed $90,000. Now it's costed $1,000, $2,000, but it, it was really more affordable. So we decided to use these devices. And at the end of 2016, we joined in a hackathon organized by a pharma company in Italy. And we were challenged, how are you going to improve the quality of therapy 
especially in pediatric patients, in the hospitals without administering drugs. So then we proposed our idea, and our idea was a specific project, Tommy, which is a gaming experience to improve the stress management interventions in pediatric patients in the hospitals. And we, we arrived second in that hackathon. So we didn't win the, the first prize, which was money, but we won the accelerator program in Germany, in Darmstadt. And that was the very beginning of our journey as entrepreneurs. So in that case, after three months, we came back to Italy, we founded our company, Software Studios, and we started really to bring reality in that virtual reality project. And that was the beginning. So since then, we made a lot of things. We are now in different hospitals around Italy. We went around the world presenting our ideas. And that's amazing because today, this is not sci-fi, this is real. The real challenge today is to make it really payable, accessible, and um, able to feel and adapt to the real needs of patients. So this is the journey from the wet lab, the white coat, to the entrepreneur. <laughs> and I absolutely love this story. Absolutely love this story. And, you know, so you shared with me, you know, when I was prepping for your interview, this really, really interesting article called the embodied medicine. So it's the first time I hear about this term specifically. I was so, so dread into that. So basically, this is the use of advanced technologies for altering the experience of being in a body with the goal of improving health and well-being. And just as you mentioned, you know, so without the necessity of using drugs, how we're using those technologies to, to improve our well-being. So Changing the mindset of treating the human body from a simple mechanical point of view to the integration of all our multisensorial capabilities, so we, which is the very evolution of medicine, right? So with that, as you mentioned, immersive technologies could be this game changer in making this experience more real to patients, right? So I have a couple of questions for you. So the first of all, and I'm pretty sure that most of our listeners uh, have never heard of this term. So, you know, if you can just walk through that. And also, it just made me wonder and thinking about the evolution of medicine. So would you consider embodied medicine the job of the future, you know, within those lists of things that are still not there yet, but very soon it's, be, it's going to be very common on when studying, when going to a medicine school, for example? You know, I'm super happy to explore a little bit what is embodied medicine, because it's a topic that refers to everyone because it put at risk all the things that we put as granted, as certain. Okay, so everything starts from the idea that the perception of our reality is never direct. It's always mediated by senses. So whenever, whenever we go, whenever we just stare at, at things around us, everything is perceived through our senses. So basically, what we call reality, that, that thing that we feel as granted, is the result of the data collected by the brain and by the senses and that are processed by brain and just transformed at the end in the output. The output is our behavior. All our actions and reactions depends from how we perceive reality. So basically, brain collects all this data from our body, from some external senses, and creates a representation of reality. So this is called a model of reality. 
our brain really creates a sort of simulation of reality into our brain. And this is useful because just like a machine learning algorithm, it is used to catch opportunities and avoid dangers. It is a predictive model. But it can be hacked because this processing process is multi-step. There are a lot of steps and every step can be just removed and can be hacked. What, what I want to mean is that with virtual reality, we are able to provide synthetic data about surrounding environment. So instead of providing the natural data from the, the outside, we can provide synthetic data with just a screen in front of our eyes with a virtual reality headset. And in that case, our brain will create that reality model based on those data and will just impact and influence our reactions and our behavior based on synthetic data. So that is the basis of working of virtual reality. And that means that with virtual reality, we are, in a simple way, able to influence the behavior of a user and guide him towards better outcomes based on the setting of use. So we can use virtual reality to entertain. We can use virtual reality to educate people. We can use virtual reality just to for artistic goals, to provide an artistic experience. But we can use virtual reality also to heal and also to improve the therapeutic process wherever they are. So that is the basis of the embodied uh, medicine. Embodied medicine depends from the ability of virtual reality to immerse us in a realistic environment where we feel to be present in that environment and we are feeling to be embodied in a virtual body, which is our avatar, the so-called avatar, because obviously we need to interact with that world and we need a body to do that as an interface. Our, our physical body is our interface to interact with the physical world. In that case, we have an avatar. So you can even understand that you are in virtual reality, but still your brain under presence and immersing virtual reality believes that that environment is realistic. If it is realistic, it deserves realistic reactions. And that is fundamental. There are many kinds of applications of the embodied medicine. You can use virtual reality as a pain management tool. This is the oldest application in healthcare. Pain perception is a feeling, is a sensation that depends from many factors, depends from biochemical reactions, depends from physiological activity, but it also has psychological component. So what we think about pain, how much we think about pain, sometimes increases or decreases the pain perception. So with virtual reality, we are able to distract our mind and help a user, a patient, to think less about pain, to dedicate less attention to pain in order to really decrease pain perception, even in people that are drug resistant for pain management. That's great. There are great companies right now showing that virtual reality is really able to reduce pain, even in people that, that normally are unresponsive to opioids and other drugs. And that's fascinating because you are leveraging the, the power of mind. You can use virtual reality to change the bias, gender or racial bias, you know, there are a lot of events where this kind of biases are generating social issues and social contrast. Some researchers like Mel Slater from Barcelona and Boston, he's showing that just imagine you are a person with a huge sexual bias, gender bias, and, and you are 
always ready to harass, for instance, women or any other individual. Just imagine to put that person in the body of the people that are harassed. And suddenly what they saw is basically their bias is reducing. They are feeling empathy with that other side they just hated some minutes before. And that's amazing because bias is not something absolute. This is a habit that we obviously absorb from culture, from, from the settings and so on. And this is something that can be changed to heal society. Virtual reality can be used to treat eating disorders like showed by Professor Giuseppe Riva here in Italy and many other researchers around the world. So basically eating disorders are people with destructive behaviors that is dependent from their not correct perception of their own body, specifically because what they believe their body is does not match their real body. So how to change this destructive behaviors. You can use virtual reality and you can help people embody their correct body in virtual reality. And you can train their brains to accept their real body and to fix that bias about their body. And if this kind of model is improved, obviously, in the physical world, the patient's starts to behave better. So basically, the destructive behaviors become constructive behaviors and they can really change their life. But obviously, you can use virtual reality for depression, for schizophrenia. There are some initial interesting studies about autism, but this is a very particular setting and there are very early stage data about that and so on. So the applications are great. You can use virtual reality in rehabilitation. So rehabilitation is a long, boring process made of repetitive movements, and you can use virtual reality to engage those people, be adherent to the protocol the, the doctors prescribe to them, and reach better goals, faster and better quality of outcomes in the rehabilitation process. So basically, virtual reality is a tool allowing to leverage the potential of mind in the healing process, because therapy does not limit only to drug administration and essential medical procedures. It is an experience. So this is something that starts before the administration, during and after the administration of a drug or a medical treatment. This is something impacting that a 360 degree, the whole life and experience of the person. So you need to take into consideration that healing is a bodily process, but also a mind process, a social process, and obviously also spiritual process and so on. So this is a 360 degree. You need to tackle the complexity of the person to enable that person be ready and open to the healing process. So that's great. It's a, it's a, it's a way to support patients, reach better outcomes as part of the traditional treatments right now. Because obviously, virtual reality is not here to replace exactly traditional treatments, but it is a tool to be integrated in the traditional treatments. So as part of the ongoing procedures and drug administrations and so on. You just covered so much in your, in your answer, and I, I, I absolutely loved it. You know, I have you know, many questions within the topics that you just brought us, so I'll have to and this first episode, and we're going to continue the second one to get a little bit in some details of all this rich content that you brought us. Stay tuned, everybody. We are coming back with Valentino Mengale. Mm -hmm.
Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.